Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nerd Geek Dork, the podcast where we talk about some nerdy, geeky, and or dorky stuff. Uh, I'm Al Adam, and with me as always is Pete the Retailer. Hello. And uh, this week we're joined by Joey, Joe P, and John, a lot of J's there, to talk about Ween. And since I know nothing about them, Pete's going to drop a little knowledge on us real quick. Ween is a uh, band near and dear to my heart, but uh, formed by... by Buddies in high school who took the names Dean Ween and Gene Ween. They started releasing uh, home-recorded cassettes in the 80s and then eventually got signed and released a bunch of CDs uh, from the 90s throughout uh, last year when, uh, somewhat sadly, they, they kind of broke up. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Although it, it may have been time. We'll talk about that in the podcast a little bit. All right. Well, let's see what everyone has to say. All right. I first heard about Ween. Uh, I went to a Dead Milkman show that I ended up not getting into because it was 18 and over. And I had uh, me and a bunch of my friends had the same crappy fake ID uh, that all said we were uh, 18 when we were really 16. Uh, but Dead Milkman at Wetlands and Ween opened for them. And I hadn't hadn't heard of Ween. But uh, a friend of ours actually ended up going. She got in because she was older. She was actually 18. Uh and then her review of the show was basically like, you specifically would probably like Ween. Uh, and this is like 91. So it's like the pod tour and they're being extra weird and just two guys in a, you know, two guys in a, in a beatbox or a dat machine or whatever. And so that kind of rolled around in my head for like a year or so until uh, Pure Guava came out. Some of the weird hip kids had that going around. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that's why she said I would like this. Because it's weird. <laughs> Joe, I know you, the main reason why I know you, I feel like, is because of Ween, because we, we saw you at Ween shows and we would uh, we would talk about Ween. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> well, we went to that Irving Plaza show. I think we were both at that one. Yeah, that was right when Chocolate right and Cheese. Right before Chocolate and Cheese came out. Yeah. I got into them from a, uh, I actually had a camp counselor. I was at a summer camp and he's like, come in, you guys got to hear this. And he had got Ween Satan on vinyl. It had just come out. And... You know, I was really into the Beatles and like, you know, very easy to listen to kind of stuff and didn't normally like punk music or that kind of stuff. But he put on You Fucked Up <laughs> and, with, and within like 30 seconds of it, I was like, this is weird. I don't normally like this kind of shit. Specifically, I remember they used the phrase, uh, you dicked me over. And I'd never heard the phrase dicked me over before. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> and so he, he played You Fucked Up and they played Nan. <laughs> And uh, with just those two songs, I was like, all right, this is it. I got I to gotta get this record. And I came back from summer camp, and I had to special order it. And I still remember going into the mall. This was, yeah, 1991, this little record store. And these two girls were working And when the CD came in because it had been special ordered. And I showed up. They took the CD out with that weird hot pink cover yeah. with the boognish on it. And they just looked at me like I was the most insane, retarded person they'd ever seen. They were like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, it's ween. And, and uh, yeah, I got the, and I the got table the, over and, and, and it was just awesome. They're awesome. 
I love that with that one description, now I have to mark this as explicit. Well, if we're talking about half their songs, it has to be explicit, right? All, all the episodes have been explicit so far, but I... Okay. I, <laughs> Shit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it took that... It, but that album was like... The, God We Saying is so dense, and I remember getting it, and all my friends that I had at the time thought I was like a freaking psycho for listening to it. And uh, it, it was probably a half a year before I even fully kind of was able to wrap my head around the record because you'd listen to it and like it's really long and yeah. it's it was like a half a year into owning it that i think i finally got through blackjack <laughs> big black betty joey were you always into ween when when we i mean you have we, we've talked about music a lot did we always talk about ween i don't remember if you were late to the game there or i don't mean to criticize you and calling you late to the game but no, no, I was looking and I was like, when did I get, jump in? And, and it was around the time that, like, that uh, Push the Little Daisies was on Beavis and Butthead. Like, I got in at Pure Guava right. uh, with a lot of people. And I forget that if I picked it up from you guys, because a lot of the introductions, like, I mean, I think that most of the albums I picked up from being around you guys. Um, but I remember I went and bought the CD and I forget exactly where I heard about it, but it definitely was Pure Glob was the first of their albums that I got. And I remember for some reason I decided to take an afternoon nap while listening to it. <laughs> and um, I woke up during Morning Glory uh, just <laughs> in a completely really bad place. I mean, it eventually became one of my favorite songs. But that first time I was just like, what the hell is going on here? What are these people <laughs> trying to do to me? Um but then every other album, like I, rem I, I feel like I found it in CDs and in in, in in your room or like uh, or along. Makes the it sound like you were going through my stuff. While I was <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to know uh, Pete's uh, college dorm room, and and John John was in there. Also, uh, it was kind of like a garage sale where nothing was for sale. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of like a garage. Yeah, see, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but I feel like I remember my introduction to, like, the, the first time. But I, I guess, like, I was a fan, but, like, you guys kept feeding me more. Like, and so a, a lot of the times I wasn't going out on my own, but it was just coming to me. Um, and my favorite, of course, is when the Mollus came out. And I guess that was, I had just graduated college. And so I was a little uh, disconnected from the world at that point. And you guys put on the mollusk and started singing along to dancing to the show tonight. And it was one of the best moments of my life. Um, just in finding and hearing that album the first time. And of course, like you all singing along, um, it was just a, a beautiful thing. John, that's, is that around the same time that you got into them around the mollusk or is that? Yeah, I, I think I was a, a late comer too, though. I mean, I, I heard about them in high school I was at a party with people. Somebody took something of mine. I forget. I didn't like this guy. Um, and he left uh, God being Satan. So I took that. And at the time, I think I was too much of a dick to relax and enjoy it. And I remember I took it home and I listened to it a little bit, but I didn't really get into it that much. And then in college, I think I was still a little too like high strung to just relax and, and take some new stuff in. And I remember you guys listened to it a lot. I'm and sure I, if you weren't into it, that didn't help that we we like we had yeah. a custom playlist. <laughs> that was just me not being able to adjust to stuff. But um, but then in my senior year, 
and Joe Kleiman, you know these guys. I got some new roommates. And so we smoked pot pretty much like every day uh, exclusively. And um, one of my roommates was really into ween and he played me pure guava. And that right at that moment when I heard that being pretty high, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> um, and then at that point, I took these long walks around Manhattan, like hours and hours up to Central Park, um, stoned, listening to pure guava over and over again. Um, and that was also when like, you know, chocolate and cheese was out and then, uh, the mollusk came out and then I, I went backwards to the pod and, and got weed and Satan, but that was like 90, 98, 97, 98. Um, and then, yeah, no, since then, like I was, uh, converted, um, and I loved it, but uh, yeah, my intro to that, to them was pure guava and like, I still listen to it occasionally, but it doesn't have the same effect on me that it did when I was uh, 22. You can't walk around the city listening to it. No, like on a little cassette tape on a Walkman. Staring uh, at pigeons. Staring at pigeons, walking up Third Avenue, like flipping the tape over. Um, it doesn't have the same effect when you're in your 30s. I was just gonna say really quick with pure guava like that i just went back to because uh, that's the one one of the on spotify they don't have pure guava and uh god being satan um but i i went back to pure guava earlier and just because of its association with like push the little daisies and like that being the album that like was like it was just because of the connection with mtv that in my mind over time that pure guava has kind of been like oh that's the mainstream album but then going back to it today it's like it's far from that and really if it wouldn't have been for beavis and butthead there's no way they would have gotten like that's the only angle they had to get in there it was only in something that kind of grading that ween and mtv could come together at that point and that, that going back to it that there's it's it, uh, that i've taken that label away and, and feel like that there's a uh, john you need to get the, the bong back out because I'm going to stand by pure guava in, in the 30s. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll pick up, uh, some, pick up some brownies and you come out to <laughs> and we'll do a listening party. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd still call pure guava my favorite. Uh, I don't know how much of that is due to association just because it was, you know, that when I first got into them and so it was on heavy rotation and I, I you know, that's kind of my first one that I latched onto. So yeah. I don't know if it's, it's, solely because of that but it's also you know it's the one that i can go back and listen to the most yeah i think also like at that time you know some of us were also like fooling around with four tracks and everything and i don't know for you guys but i know for me it's like to hear that coming out of a home recording like it was it was also like inspirational it was like oh wow like they, they actually made a, a nice album out of that and you hear tape noise and everything and yeah i was like impressed you know it gave me like some hope <clears throat> I remember thinking Pure Guava, because that came out, that was the one they released after the pod. I think they recorded the pod before Gawain Satan, but that's similarly like a home recording. Yeah. I think the songs on the pod are just a lot more fully cooked. Yeah. It's all Pure Guava. Mm -hmm. Pure, pure Guava is like kind of just makeshift a little bit, you know? It's like throw on a, like two or three tracks and we're done. There's just, there's so many songs on Pure Guava I just skip because they just are like, they just feel undercooked. And not, a lot of them were great live songs yeah right. but on the record like pumping for the man is just annoying to me with the fake drums and just 
same thing with Reggae Junkie Jew. Those were great live tunes, but uh, but listen to that record. I don't know. I could never get in. There's like five songs on there that I like, and most for the most part, I could never get into it. Yeah, yeah. They are because good. it has like I mean, the pod is similar. It's still like that's like a four track album. Yeah, and just the, there's just not as many songs that are just like garbagey. What the hell's going on here? Kind of records. There's more of a range too. There's like soft songs and ballads and stuff. Um, yeah, um, Pure Guava has that too. Like just Morning Glory going into Loving You Through It All. Oh yeah. Um, like there's that little part like between like Springtime down to Touch My Tutor that I could skip. Well, I saw Junior crying in sleep. I yeah, I don't know. I like Reggae Junkie Jew is one of my favorites on that album. Um, <laughs> I think with Pure Guava though, they and Joe, you can probably like back me up. They they pretty much recorded everything like directly line in with that album. Like. So it, it all sounds like it. that level. <laughs> the pod does too, but the pod, I think they had more regular recordings, like, you know, like amplifier recordings, maybe, because there's more of a, a dynamic range on that. But yeah, Pure Guava's got like a lot of punch in, punch out, like right, mics right into the four track. Pure right. Guava to me just sounds like they recorded it in about two weeks and they were like, good enough, good enough. All right, good enough. <laughs> Um, <laughs> with a couple of keyboards from like CVS or something. <laughs> yeah. See, I have. Which that. someone had told me that last night. Actually, that was the story that they got a huge advance for Pure Guava because that's their first major label album. So they supposedly got a huge advance and then went and spent like two grand on some equipment or six hundred dollars. And I don't know what they did with the rest of the money. <laughs> but what's interesting is the jump from Pure Guava to Chocolate and Cheese because it's such a huge difference. I don't yeah. know if they got shit from their label or what happened because chocolate and cheese, it's like they decided to take it, uh, the whole thing seriously. It's interesting. Chocolate and cheese isn't like front to back like a serious record, but the production quality is – it's like they actually took time to make that a record. Yeah, it's more of a major label release. Which yeah. There, there's kind of eras of Ween. Well, there's all the demo stuff first, which mm -hmm. I, I heard about through some guy that I worked with, but I, I've never really listened to much of it. Wait, are there demos of the Godween Satan stuff that sound like the pod? They must have recorded stuff like that. There's all the independent kind of cassette releases that they did from, I mean, they started putting stuff out in like 1985 or something. They were like, you know, in high school still. Uh, yeah, no, I was looking at that. Yeah, there's like six different, between 85 and 89, there's like six different releases. And I, I don't think I've heard a, a bit of it. Yeah, it's all much more raw, you know, four tracks, just kind of goofing <laughs> around. Yeah, you can only imagine if, if, if it predates Godwin Satan. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know that. Is the pod really before recorded before Godwin Satan? I think uh, it was. I, that's. I'm not really positive about that, but uh, I think it was recorded before and released after. But I, I don't know why I think that. I could be wrong. Never mind. Yeah, it looks like they're both like. Yeah, they both they, came out in 1990. But yeah, right around the same time, 90-91, Godwin Satan, the pod, and Pure Guava. Like in three years, all those two, three came out, and then there was two years before Chocolate and Cheese. Right, which is even so though they were probably drinking the they were probably drinking the rest of that advance money. Even though Pure Guava is on Electra, it is part of that first three. There's that is kind of that trilogy, and then uh, with Chocolate and Cheese, it becomes a little more refined, but still very Ween. Chocolate and Cheese, the Country Album, and the Mollusk. Those three kind of stick together a little bit. They have a similar sensibility. And then uh, like White Pepper, Quebec, and uh, I haven't actually heard La Cucaracha. Me neither. I'm so glad to hear I'm not the only one. I feel horrible about it, but actually, I just I just flipped through a few of the tracks and uh, did not conjure any regrets immediately. 
you know, much like the you know, the shift from the kind of more, you know, homemade kind of four tracky stuff. Then I feel like around White Pepper, they also uh, I think that's around the same time that people started showing up at the Ween shows that were more of kind of, you know, the the hippie crowd, the jam band stoner crowd. Right. You know, Ween always had a lot of, you know, they are a stoner jam band. But but then all of a sudden those guys started showing up at the Ween shows more and more. We later found out it's because uh, Fish covered Roses Are Free, which is a Ween song. from the- That initiated the crossover? And it was that-, that plus Fish went on hiatus. So all those douchebags had nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Except for a song that was on SpongeBob and stuff you might have played when we used to work at the comic book shop. Right. But then I gave you a few albums the other day, and, and uh, so you tried to listen to it. What what did you think? <laughs> um, it's really hit or miss. Like, uh, I listened to most of Chocolate and Cheese on a long train ride home, and it's like, all right, I can I can see why people might like this stuff. Uh, Voodoo Lady is kind of like a standout for me. I, re- I really enjoy that song. Um, Great live song. But then I kind of got lost on God Ween Satan, man. It just, I don't know, man. Like every That's, once in a while, there was something that I was like, yeah. And then I was like, no, I don't like this. Yeah, it's a little too soon. Like I think God Ween Satan is like after you've already digested, or, or once you're firmly in the Ween camp, hand over God Ween Satan. Right. Particularly earlier stuff, like go with the pod over God Ween Satan. Mm. Because yeah. El Camino was a great song, though. I really enjoyed El Camino. Yeah, that. that is fun. I should probably try the other ones, because I have uh, Mollusk, The Pod, and uh, Pure Guava, and Quebec, and White Pepper. Oh, and 12 Golden Country Greats. Wow, you gave me a lot, Pete. Yeah, I did. Well, I wanted you to be, <laughs> wanted you to be prepared, you know. Yeah, yeah I just, I, I don't know, man. There was just something. Yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe I just shouldn't listen to God Ween Satan after. I was just going alphabetically by yeah. album. I mean, go into it, into the more polished stuff, you know, before you, like, you wake yourself up with coming Satan, you know. Right. I think the mollusk is a good, like, second choice. Or- right. Like, now that you've got, like, starting with the mollusk would be, you don't want to b- blow that too early. But now you've got those two, like, as a foundation. And if you're, if you're struggling, if you're, if you're still on the fence, go mollusk. Mm. Yeah. Because mollusk is, is universally fun. It's like the sea shanties. Like, wow. who does that, you know? Wait, does that have Ocean Man on that? Was Ocean Man on a regular album, yeah. or was yeah, that yeah. just on the Mollusk? Okay, it's also that's... on a commercial or two. Yeah, and <laughs> it was used in the SpongeBob movie during the credits. I, I know that the Mollusk is universally admired as a as a wonderful achievement, but I, I, I'm still not a huge fan of it. I give it a I give it a try every once in a while. I I do like it, but I'm I don't love it. Hmm. Man, I'm so glad you're across the country, so I can't slap you silly right now. <laughs> what is it you don't you don't like about? It? It's not that I don't like it. I just don't. You know, I think it's a fine album, but it's a little uh, like, especially following up the the country album. It seems like they started to take themselves really seriously with the mollusk. Mm. And even though there's you know goofy sea shanty kind of stuff and you know uh, Blarney Stone and all that, like it's still there's something kind of inherently serious about it. I don't know. Well, I do. I remember. I think that's one of the things that's interesting about Ween is that one of the things I love about them is that they mix goofy fart jokes, burp jokes, and then they have a bunch of recordings and songs that 
if you were to take them out of the context of Ween, they'd be considered like serious, straightforward songs. Right. I remember talking to after a show to uh, Claude Coleman. It was right after the Mollusk came out, and I was like, "Are all these songs supposed to be jokes? Because I feel like some of them aren't jokes." And he's like, "Yeah, no, some of them are not. Like Mutilated Lips, I don't think it's supposed to be f- a funny song. I think it's supposed to be weird and creepy." Right. And I think they, I, I feel like they probably even stopped talking a little bit about what their songs were supposed to be because half the time probably they were shooting for something and failed miserably and came out with something that was like entertaining to people because it was stupid as opposed to like people taking it seriously and liking it for being good. I don't know which song exactly. I think something like Mutilated Lips though. There's definitely a lot of stuff that is serious of theirs that I don't think people consider serious just because it's ween. It'd be like if Weird Al Yankovic released a ballad about his parents dying. No one would take it seriously. They'd probably laugh. So with The Mollusk, I agree that like serious is a word I I won't dispute in it. But for me, like The Mollusk and The Pod, I mean, those are my two favorites. So maybe that's, in my mind, they're kind of like holes, like that that they kind of come together as an album and that they've got this feeling that, that you don't like, that even though that there's a range of different types of songs on it, that you kind of stay in this place and that the mollusk has a conceptual thread that runs through the whole thing. Whereas like with chocolate and cheese or like pure guava, you're kind of going all over the place and it's it's a it's a it's a list of songs that they wrote at the same time and put on the same album. Uh but that like with particularly with the mollusk and, and in some ways, same way with the pod, that that there's that there's a wholeness to it that the other albums don't have. And that the, I take that serious as a positive thing. Right. Right. They're written like the way people used to write albums, you know? Yeah. Or like a concept album. Yeah. See, I think like a song like Buckingham Green, I think like, I think that's a song that like they, in their minds, they were making some sort of serious prog rock song. Right. That's, that's the Mollusk. Mollusk has a very seventies prog rock feel and like all yeah. the synth that they used on that album. Um, yeah, I mean, Joey, it's your favorite. Like, it, it's my almost my favorite. I think it's a close. I'm not sure what my favorite is, but it's it's up there. And I just, yeah, I love that. It's very like '70s, very like you know, just soft. And um, they just they did a lot of melodies on like whatever they used. I don't know what what equipment they had, but it's great. It's funny too. We were driving up from um, last week from the south, and I had it. And I have this one CD that I burned, but for whatever reason, all the tracks are out of order. And I um, forgot about that, but we're listening to it. It's just, it's so different because uh, it is a concept album. <laughs> it's yeah. just weird to hear it, like, just random tracks like that. Um, it, it just ruins the flow of it. But you might not know this if you hadn't heard the order before that, but I don't know. I think it's pretty well organized uh, album. Yeah, for the for the mollusk, I've got a whole story. I could make an animated feature to that. I've got the so Buckingham Green is like it, it it's building to that. Um, you had this in the works since college, right? Because I think you showed me like some of your ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I actually got I got it to 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 Diener on stage one time, but um, <laughs> I, I I got him a like a two page like breakdown of it, um, which I. I like to imagine that he got drunk too and read and then lost immediately. Uh, you got to get it to like P.T. Anderson or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. What, so what's it, give us a quick, can you give us a quick summary? Um, well, it's, it starts, so, I mean, 
you, you start out like they're literally, I'm dancing in the show tonight. Um, and it's actually a bunch of sea creatures putting on a show. And it's, it's pretty straightforward, that song. And so then at the end, there's some disturbance like in, in the background and in, in the song. And s- some like sharks come through and like or they're eating the animals or whatever. The whole, the whole show gets blown apart and the mollusk gets sent off. Um, and he ends up in, on track two in the mollusk. Um, he is found in this puddle of toxic waste on a beach by the, there's kind of like two people in that song in my head that are he's like, hey, little boy, what you got there? And so the little boy finds the mollusk and he's sitting in some toxic waste. And so throughout the rest of the, the album, the mollusk is tripping most of the time on this toxic waste. <laughs> and um, and he's found some horrible, like the, the guy and the, the, the little boy are scary also. Um, so then, so they're on the beach, they find the mollusk. Uh, polka dot tail is in that man's living room. And uh, the mollusk has been scooped up into this like half destroyed disco ball. So there's mostly, most of the mirrors are gone, but there's some mirrors, but you can see through it. And the mollusk is in there in a little bit of the toxic waste. And um, my, my favorite is uh, when he says, uh, Jimmy, um, in that song, a little light is turned on and he spins around. But so he gets kidnapped. There's some like, uh, when he says, help me and polka dot, tail he is kidnapped by this crazy guy um who is driving him in a pickup truck and i'll be be your johnny on the spot and this guy gets some of the toxic waste on him and um and so the whole scene is very trippy and this pickup truck is driving fast and at first like it's really difficult without the music uh mutilated lips he gets thrown out of the car and ends up in this um place where a bunch of mutated animals are being served in this restaurant and there's this whole pecking order of these animals that have lived in these in, in these like toxic tubes um blarney stone he gets served to a pirate um it's in a restaurant where the the the, the um the whole restaurant the, the tables are set up like the teacups it's just about uh, the, the journey of the mollusk um, and, and to get to skip to the ending, Ocean Man, he ends up with this nice fisherman who's upset about having lost his woman. But he's been put into his little top has been put on this little suit that he can somehow control. Um, but eventually at the end, the ship sinks. He's back in the water, the mollusk is. And one of the sharks that we saw in the beginning comes through. This is during the reprise. Um, and... The last thing that happens to the mollusk is the shark eats them and you see it kind of go through the shark's body and he's pooped out and the bones kind of come back together and he gives a little smile and wink and that's the end. (laughs) Wow, wow. It's a cycle of life. (laughs) Yeah. That's the mollusk in my head. Nice. I like it. Wayne seems like they'd be a bootleg band, like uh, oh yeah, like people would trade like bootleg concert tapes and all that stuff. Are, are they one of those bands? Ex- kind of like extensively you know, like- so. They're they're Dean Ween. He would be in you know in the the forums online talking to fans about shows. Like they they would actually like supply tapes because their their sound guy recorded every show they ever did. So they would like they would just put them online themselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very pro that. I mean, they set up their Ween radio in like what 2001 or 2002. Yeah. 
I remember they were talking about on their website, they were trying to, like, they hired a couple of software guys, and they were trying to make their own Napster that just for Ween. <laughs> And that that's a that's a big uh, that's a, a big project that kind of I guess it just sort of fizzled out. But you know they definitely had that sort of. Well, they did. They had a uh, I don't know if you know this thing, Direct Connect. It kind of came and went. It might still be around. It might still be healthy. But it's like a file sharing thing where you're directly kind of browsing your other the other people's files that are they're connected to the same thing. And uh, there was a Ween specific hub there that they promoted on their site that you could just go to and and you know the only rule was basically no you know you can't trade the the actual released albums but like everything else oh, all the concert stuff all the concert stuff you know whatever like b-sides and rarities they were totally cool with that yeah and i know there's just a ton of stuff um, that's pretty but, awesome yeah i remember yeah. just hearing the radio stuff but i think now all all i really have is just like a painting the town brown and their b-side stuff i was really disappointed in painting the town brown when that came out Really? Because well, they they had talked about how they recorded all the shows, and the recording fidelity on that album is so terrible; it just sounds so bad. Yeah, I don't know if that's the best they found or not, but but uh, supposedly they recorded all the shows. I don't know. Well, and it, that also suffered a little bit from, you know, it was trying to be like a retrospective, like a live retrospective. So right of all different eras. It when mixed together, you know, it didn't work so well. Yeah. My favorite thing about that is disc one is like a whole bunch of tracks, and then disc two is like three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just looking at that. Is there really a 26 minute yes. version of Poop Ship Destroyer? Yeah. Yep. Without wow. you know. Yeah, no, I can see why you didn't like that. The, the the disc one, like it's it's not a good selection of. I mean, it's yeah, stuff that they thought they were you know, stuff that they felt they did well live, which they did you know. Right. But but there's like. Va- Vallejo is not on Paint the Town Brown, right? It is. It's the second big, long, half-an-hour track. Oh, right. it is? Yeah. 31 Vallejo. minutes. That's not, is that, that's disc two, right? It's Vallejo, yes. uh, Poop Ship Destroyer, and... And then Vallejo. Puffy Cloud. Oh, Puffy Cloud. Sorry. I should know that. There's not, a, there's not a live version of uh, LMLYP on there? No. I didn't dig that song. No, I know you, you mentioned that, but again, that's... That could be a live thing because live that could also turn into a half hour easily. Yeah, I just I wonder like I mean I'm I'm more fascinated with those like half an hour versions because I know that I heard them say once that like when we didn't like the venue or just hated the people we just like make a forty minute version of something to right. piss them off. <laughs> so I, there's got to be a whole bunch out there. Of, like, wow, just dragged out um, at these venues. This is another issue I have with Ween, is the difference between a lot of their stuff live versus the recorded stuff. Um, and I know some people would... I remember the first time I went and saw Ween, it was around Pure Guava, and I went with a couple guys from work, and they were pissed because live, it was like a rock band, and it sounded normal and rocked out, and they were pissed that it didn't sound like the tapes. But I always kind of had a different reaction, like with um, specifically Johnny on the Spot, Remember when they played that at Tramps one time before it had come out? It was like a 10-minute version of Johnny on the spot. It just rocked, killed. Yeah. yeah. And then on the record, it's just these stupid fake drums and didn't have any of the energy of the live version of... Uh, yeah, the live... I mean, like, stuff... Even, like, the good... Like, I got chocolate and cheese, like, um, Spinal Meningitis. And, you know, I love that song, the studio yeah. version. But when they play it live, it just rocks, you know? Yeah, yeah. Blow, it kicks in so strong. Yeah. Um, I was, I was like, I, uh, so much, so often I wish that they had just taken their songs 
and just gone into the studio and tracked them live like they did live. Mm. Some of that Peel Session stuff I heard sounds pretty incredible. But I've only heard crappy versions of it, but you could tell it's a really cool sounding recording. They'll do that when they're like 50 or something. Well, then it'll suck. Right. <laughs> All the energy will be gone by that time. I'll see him at like the, the Stanford like Civic Center. Wee, yay! <laughs> Bring my kids. <laughs> you say, so you say when they're, they'll do that when they're 50, but they're, they're 42 right now, so it's not oh. that far away. Get to work on them kids. <laughs> I, I already did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is like now me turning into cute stuff, but uh, we got a couple of ween onesies, for, so, so we got two of those. For nice. each other or for the babies? For the babies. And now oh, I got, Jen got them and she got me a hoodie, a ween hoodie. Nice. Uh, I saw a guy in Stop and Shop, he was like in his 60s and he had a ween hoodie on. For me, one of the things ween lost as they went was that element of like, like when I listen to God Means Satan, and this is more from like a songwriter, you know, recording music standpoint. When I listen to God Means Satan and the pod, there's so many things on those records that when I heard them at the time, I was like, what the hell? You can do that with music? Like, I just thinking of something like Molly on the pod, right. where just like the music stops and it's just some retarded voices going, Molly, 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 Molly. And, I think they really lost that, uh, whatever that is. That's probably just a youthful thing, though, where you're kind of drunk or on drugs and you're just like, let's do this. I don't care. We got nothing to lose. Yeah, well, you're just it playing like around. At some point, they had something to lose with their music. Yeah, I think yeah, that ties in with, with being 30, too. That same yeah. kind of, they're like, all right, this is fun. And then, you know, they're like, oh, this is fun and somebody wants to pay us for it. And then once right. the, the money starts coming in a little bit, then they're like, oh, well, if we can make a living doing this, let's, let's figure out how we can keep doing that. Yeah, and there's also a difference recording that at home um, or in a studio or whatnot. Right, like if if you're paying, you know, hundred dollars an hour to to sit there and go like Molly, 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 <laughs> you might feel like you're wasting your money. But if you're doing it in your living, and room, you've got some session musicians watching you do that, right? Well, there's probably an element of not knowing what they were doing too on those first couple records. That you know, when you don't know what you're doing, you tend to do things the wrong way in a good way. Right. So you're, you're right. Like, you, you can't help but be original because you don't know what you're doing. Right. What's the last album where they break into laughter during a song? Probably Pure Guava, right? Yeah, I can't think. Oh, of really? It's only the early. Yeah, yeah I don't so. think. Yeah, I don't think there's any like meltdown tunes later and any of the later stuff. They don't get the you know they don't start cracking up. They don't get the words wrong you know as they're doing multi-tracking and whatever because it's more more of a honed product. It really, it just, you could tell like it became a job. I think that, I do think with Quebec, they managed to go back and there's a bunch of songs on that album that I feel are pretty just weird and like that, that, that weird breakdown section in, uh, what is it? So many people in the neighborhood. There's more like fuck jam and stuff. But yeah, yeah. You no, know, that's there's a, little, a, there's a little bit of return to their old, uh, that old, um, kind of original ween thing, but. But I think, too, if you're like, you know, you only do that. You do that when you're young and you make a bunch of stupid shit. And then what's the appeal of doing something you've already done? So I can understand that. Yeah. And it would be come out weird if it was like them trying to be like, like force a mistake or just do some like crazy stuff in a studio. Right. It right. just wouldn't have that appeal, you know? Um, like I said before, like part of it was like, whoa, these guys can do this with a four track? Like, that's crazy. Like, right. they're as old as me. And like, I can't believe it. They pulled that off. 
I think if they if they if, if they're really done and they don't record any more new stuff and the last song on their last album is Your Party, I think they ended <laughs> it on a great note. That is a f- fucking amazing final song. Yeah, that is a good final song. That's the best late era Ween song in my opinion. But I think Quebec has a lot of really cool tunes. Absolutely. Yeah, like Ch- Chocolate Town Chocolate and Town is one of my favorites. Transformal Celebration. Yeah, that's got one of his best guitar solos on there. Yeah, Zola yeah, is pretty cool. So, like the stuff I don't like there is "Hey there, uh, Hey there, Fancy Pants." Yeah, and, like Pandy Fackler. Yeah. Oh, see, I, I like Pandy Fackler because I heard it live first, and like live, it was a different beast altogether. I think White Pepper has, in my opinion, the worst Ween song, which is the the Grove. <gasps> the Grove. Yeah, it's just so boring and stupid. I don't know. The fuck is that song about? What's the point of that song? <laughs> that's the one that's just I, I like turn It's just like a shitty guitar riff. And oh man, I think that's like one of their like. I mean, you're talking about the heavy stuff, like dun 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 But yeah, like what's the lyrics on that? Because I think that I looked them up at the time, and I'm going for them now. But it's like about cooking, or like is is the grove of an ingredient? It just feels like they have so many songs with great riffs. Like Papa Zit or uh, You Fucked Up. Right. Um, and The Grove is just like them trying to create some riff that's just, to me, it's just not there. Just that song just goes nowhere. It just sits there. It's got no dynamics. It just sucks. Yeah, White Pepper, I'm not crazy about. Um, I think it was my least favorite until La Cucaracha came out. Um, <laughs> but thinking about White Pepper, it's just, it's almost like an easy listening album in a way. Um, and yeah, none of them really, none of them really hit home. Stay Forever, I think, is a really pretty chorus, but it's a really cheesy tune. But I like that song. That's about it. Flutes of the Chi is all right. I don't know. Yeah. Just none of the songs on that album. They're just like kind of, they just, they don't have any spark to them or something. I don't well, know. Well, he kind of explains it all in exactly where I'm at. I'm looking at the lyrics again. Let's begin with the past in front and all the things that you really don't care about now. Uh, you'd be exactly where I'm at. Or it says, I'm on stage. It's all an act. I'm really scared that I may fall back on the abstract, which you're like, please fall back on the abstract um, because you're talking about cooking and shit. And like, don't, I, it's like they're like the, the picture on Quebec. I, I like and dislike because it, it's like, because, like the, it's kind of the adult appreciation. Like white pepper is like, Hey, we're adults and we're all right. And it's like, well, fuck being an all right adult. Like, that's not why I'm listening to Ween. Um, and like in Quebec, the, that, that cover, they're sitting there. I feel like it's picturing them like writing the album or something or just hanging out. And it's like, what, what's the, what's this, the goofy smile for? I think Ween is also the first band I ever heard where they have songs that are funny, not because of lyrical content, but just because of the music. Like the music is funny. What is the one I'm thinking? The instrumental on Mollusk where he's just like, uh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what is that called? I forget what that's called. I forget. I but think you know, on my leg. It's crazy because, like, to explain that to someone or to think about how that came about, like, there's no explanation for it. But when yeah. you hear it, you're just like, that noise works right now. It's just like a guy going, uh. And it's uh, <laughs> at a dog, like a little sample of a dog. <laughs> it's funny and there's no but there's no like jokes you know it just yeah. sounds funny as hell see that's that yeah. goofing around that that you know that's them making it a song because they wanted to because they were like oh what if we did this instead of like oh what what would uh we need to make a ween album here like what, what right what? right so if you guys do you guys know la cucaracha that much 
No. Yeah, I know it pretty no. well. I mean, I think there's. It's also not that great. I'd give it probably second to White Pepper, but at least uh, it's got songs like, like at least La Cucaracha has some of what I love most about Ween, where you're just kind of scratching your head and you're just like questioning your very existence, listening to it. Like, what the yeah. hell is this? And it's a, it's like a little messy too, which is is yeah. good. You know, like Blue Balloon, I think, kind of starts out like a little like off with the drum beat or something, and it's like okay. I just want to know where the hell Spirit Walker came I from. I don't want to know that too, but um, <laughs> it's like Spirit Walker. It's like so he talked. To, he talked about that in the Mark Maron thing. He was just like, you know, we hear some stuff, and like the auto tune made me laugh, so I'd like <laughs> to just take it to the max. And like that was Spirit Walker, but you know, I don't know. Like <laughs> we're considering like Shinola has such great tracks that didn't make it. Like how did that like be uh, an A list? You know, I don't know. Well, well, really, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that no band ever will write a good song called Spirit Walkers. <laughs> I'd be curious to hear what everyone's favorite and least favorite Ween song is. Through my limited listening, I'll go with uh, Voodoo Lady and uh, and uh, Let Me let me Lick Your Pussy. Yeah, That's your least favorite? Yeah, I don't know why. It just I was I just couldn't like it was it was the one track I was like, I yeah, I'm not feeling this. It's really long. It is pretty long. Great guitar solo on that one though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean you can also say like you can include stuff that's not songs, like like Morning Glory and stuff like that. Like let's well see, I also need to listen to more of it. You know, I I gotta give him a second chance. Yeah, I don't know if I could say from the whole like I could go album by album and say like least or whatever, but like I can't even pick from the mollusk, so I would pick them both from the pod and say like, and I, I don't even think I can pick a favorite, but I tell you one that always just kind of like throws me back is right to the ways and the rules of the world. Mm. Um, just every time I hear that, I'm just like, I want to give them an award. I want to go back in time and make everyone like think more about that, like shift to a parallel universe where we kind of like go that direction. Because there's just so much there, but then go to further down on the album, and then like sketches a winkle, like the, the ones like that, I can't stand. You can't. Oh, you don't like their heavy stuff, huh? Um, it depends. Like, I, I mean, I think there's some of the heavy stuff I do, but yeah, I, I, I would, I would probably lean away from that sometimes. Wow, Doctor Rock, you didn't like that? Did you? Oh like no, Doctor Rock is. I actually want to do a uh, a movie about Ween's rise, and it would start with them playing the, 